welcome to the Rethink Leadership podcast, available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you prefer to watch. My name is Jeremy Blaine, CEO of PerformanceWorks International, Executive Director of the Transformational Leadership Acceleration Institute, and Managing Partner of Diversity Talent. My aim is to bring insights from leaders, experts, and highly talented professionals from around the world. Insights, stories, and advice from the front lines of modern leadership to engage, inspire, and mobilize progress back in the workplace. Every episode is a learning opportunity for us all. The Rethink Leadership podcast also supports charities around the world. Each episode is in aid of a cause chosen by my guests, and to date, I'm proud to say we've supported over 60 global and local great causes. Today, I welcome Ali Stone, who's been a partner and leader in the hospitality industry since 2005. During that time, she was integral to developing 15 successful businesses and teams. As Director of Culture and Leadership Development, Ali mastered a deep understanding of what it means to be truly connected as a leader and how that drives the success of any business. She bases her leadership style on what she's come to call inspired leadership. The approach elevates team thinking beyond everyday problems and obstacles, building instead on quality in group and individual connection for lasting effect. It's getting back to the human heart of leadership, something that we get into further during this episode. Ali's worked with thousands of leaders from all levels of organizations and in 2022 was awarded the Transformational Leader Award by the Universal Women's Network and recognized as the most inspiring leadership development company by AI International. Ali is also a certified meditation teacher, a heart math resilience mentor and an ICF certified coach working towards her master's certification. Ali, thanks very much for joining me. Please introduce yourself, your passion as a leader, and tell me something about you that not many people know. Mm, Sounds good. Kate, thanks for having me here, Jeremy. I'm super excited to have this conversation. So uh, my name is Ali Stone. I'm the founder of a company called The Inspired Leader. And I have named this company The Inspired Leader because I am so passionate about leading. I think that the way we show up in the world as leaders affects how we live our lives. And it's just so incredibly important. And so we can probably dive into a little bit of that uh, today. Um, Specifically, I'm really passionate about working with female leaders and entrepreneurs um, and just changing the way that we show up in the world of business. Um, Something about myself that most people wouldn't know. Well, (laughs) uh, I love to sing. And so I always thought I was a terrible singer and that I could never sing. Like growing up, it was like, you know, broken record. And uh, I have a friend who started a campaign that was called Someday to Today. And it was like, just do it, right? Like live your life. One of his friends almost died. And anyway, it was a long story, but he's like, Allie, what's your Someday to Today? And I was like, I want to learn to sing. I've always loved singing. And so I actually took singing lessons for uh, a year and a half in COVID And it was the funnest time of my life. And I feel like I've actually developed a voice now and uh, see music and tone in a whole different way. So yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that about me right now. So it's been a new thing. (laughs) Uh, What what genre do you like singing then? Oh, well, that's a really loaded question. So uh, a lot of 80s, you know, because I'm a child of the 90s and grew up with 80s music. So I've been singing like some Cyndi Lauper and stuff. (laughs) 
it really is about a voice match when you work with a coach. So they kind of like help you match your voice. But yeah, it's been so fun. Just like some old classics and stuff and ripping them off. So yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what I'm going to ask you now. So ladies and gentlemen listening in, here is Ali Stone. (laughs) Oh my God. It's all right. (laughs) I don't know if I'm prepared for that, Jeremy. (laughs) It's called Maybe we should be giving you more time on that. We may yeah. come back to that at the end then, okay. Well, let's let's dive into you as being an inspired leader yourself. Um, you are supporting women into and in leadership. And I'd like to know from your perspective, because I, I know you work kind of far and wide, what some of the best leaders are doing out there to be more connected to people, to purpose and themselves in these transformational times that we find ourselves in. Mm, Yeah, I think that's a really important question. Um, Because I think when we're connected, everything is so much more meaningful, right? Um, So I mean, you know, like, I I have a lot of experiences, I obviously have my own experience as a leader, too. And so I often think answering these questions are best from my own personal experience. And for me, the connection as a leader really comes with our ability to be vulnerable our ability to show up with the people that we're leading and for our business and, you know, with our, with our clients and our communities and just say, Hey, this is me. And what I've really found is the people who have this capacity or, you know, work this muscle of vulnerability, they're able to show up in their businesses really authentically. And it just becomes a really uh, beautiful thing. Uh, clients are drawn to it. People want to work with them. Um, and I really think that it's it's a new, more conscious way of doing business, but it's really it's really changing the game for sure. Yeah. And we're 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 seeing that I mean, particularly in politics, and I'm not going to name names because that that can be loaded around the world. We're yeah. seeing politicians who have the inability to demonstrate this um, and are turning people off politics, turning people off uh, kind of voting. So from your experience, if we transplant that into business, Ali, what are these leaders that aren't buying into this or changing their mindset? Um, What are they not doing? And what's the impact on the rest of the business and themselves? Yeah. Well, I think they're failing to do their own work. So I always say, if we want to be a leader, we have to lead ourselves first, right? That's why I love the title of your book, this inner CEO. I'm like, you know, we need to understand first that if we do the work ourselves, if we lead ourselves, if we work on our own personal growth and development, we can then lead others in really powerful ways. And so I think that that's missing a lot there. Um, And again, it goes back to this piece of vulnerability, right? Because it's really easy to roll up the window and be like, nope, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That that doesn't feel good. And I get it. Like, I totally get that. But the thing about vulnerability is that on the other side of it, while it might feel challenging at the time, on the other side of it is, is growth, connection, uh, creativity, community, inspiration, all of these beautiful things. And so if we understand that sometimes we have to go through a bit of a challenge to have something amazing in our lives. I think that's really powerful. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, when we're not, uh, when we're not accessing these things as leaders, when we're not doing this work, I think it really affects how we show up. And I will say we have an honor and a responsibility as leaders. So it's, it's twofold, right? We have this opportunity 
to care for and lead people who want to come on this journey with us, right? And if somebody's excited to come on this journey, man, I sure hope I honor that for them, right? And in that, we create an experience of life. Now, if we are leading from a place of, um, Brene Brown would have said, armored up, right? This like non-vulnerability, we're not connecting with our people, but we're also not creating that experience of life and work for them that's meaningful and creating purpose so that they then can create the impact that they came here to do. So there's this really beautiful ripple effect to it it all, but it's also really sad when we can't connect with it because there's so many people that are affected by it. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned Brené Brown and I think that kind of sparked the thought that what you're saying here is that we need to create a psychologically safe environment for our leaders to demonstrate vulnerability and perhaps the other side of that coin is having the courage to open themselves up and to be vulnerable and say look I I don't have all the answers I'm not the smartest person in the room anymore or was I ever you know those kind of conversations Um, and the link as you so rightly said to the growth connection inspiration community all of those things can be unlocked but there has to be a willingness to go onto that journey in mindset terms and then of course uh, the practice in behavioral terms What I've not heard before, which I really like that you talk about, I've heard the responsibility of leadership, but I haven't really heard much of the honor of leadership. And what a great way of looking at it. Can you explain to me what you mean by that? Sure. I will. I think this has just come from my own personal experience. So prior to the Inspired Leader, I I was uh, a director of a multi-unit hospitality organization. And so my primary role was uh, deepening the culture in the organization. We had 12 units and so uh, 350 team members and leadership development. And so I had the opportunity to help people identify their gifts. And in that, I had some of the most incredible experiences, Jeremy, like you know, things that I will never forget in my life and connections that I now have to these people that I think will last a lifetime. And so there's an honor in that. There's there's a responsibility in that. And there's this piece that's connected to like the essence of who we are as human beings. We tend to think businesses are, you know, all about uh, generation, uh, creation, putting things out into the world. But I kind of think that's the ripple effect. I think if we first bring humanity back to business, if we first focus on the connections that we have with our people, why we started that business in the first place, why it's inspiring to us, why it's meaningful, then then the process of leading and building our business creates this this success, this revenue, this generation. And I have seen this over and over in, in both of my kind of careers. And anytime I lean into this piece, uh, the success comes, it comes. And because it's, it's, everybody's involved. Everybody wants to do it with you. Um, your vision is clear and it's inspiring, right? And who doesn't want to do that if it's connected for them? Yes, I couldn't agree more. And for me, the important points there are asking the question, why, why are we doing this? What are we in it for? potentially for some of us, what should we be in it for? I think moving forward and putting the humanity at the heart of business and ourselves again, some some may may have lost that, I I, I feel. And it occurs to me because I know that, yeah, I know that you work with uh, leaders uh, who are, you know, across, across the spectrum, male leaders, female leaders, and I know that you're a champion 
of uh, women in leadership and so on. Do you see any difference in what you're talking about here in that kind of emotional connection there? Um, where Because I'm sure people might make assumptions with that, but do you have evidence for which, you know, whether there is difference, which leaders might be uh, find this easier to do and what they can all learn from each other? Um, I think the only, you know, indicators for me that I see, you know, as an executive coach are um, just our differences in development and our willingness to to develop, right? So we have to, I always say, you know, you can, you can come work with me, but if you are holding on to something and you're not willing to kind of stretch your ed- edges of thinking or your consciousness, you're probably not going to get really far, right? So you, it's the leaders who are open. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, gender, any of it, it doesn't matter. It's an openness and a willingness to see leading and, and, uh, you know, entrepreneurship or business as I always like to think about it as like a beginner's mindset. You already said this, but like, we don't know all the answers. And I say, if we can approach our careers from a curious place, from a place of, oh, what can this bring for me today? Or what can my team bring to me today? Or, or I don't know all the answers and that's okay. Um, if we can approach our, our businesses from that point of view, we are so much more open to the possibilities and opportunities that lie around us. But alternatively, if we are closed, we don't see those, right? And they pass us by. And that's how you see businesses and leaders become stagnant and, um, you know, eventually, unfortunately, fail. And sometimes really amazing businesses that could have done incredible things for the world. And we're seeing many more examples of those kind of businesses out there, aren't we? And perhaps that is because they're not flexing their curiosity muscle. They're not learning quick enough or not even willing to learn again, because, of course, I'm the leader. What do I need? I've got other people that do that. But actually, the responsibilities and accountabilities for learning these days are much broader than they were, for sure, because of the times that we live in. So getting down to the practical elements of this because you you work with leaders everywhere around this topic what could you share with those tuning in the four or five secrets for leaders to perhaps be more connected to themselves their people their customers their business and why are those so important Mm, okay yeah well I think we've already talked about a couple for sure the vulnerability is is a secret I call it a superpower I'm like I I get that it's not easy, but if you can either work with somebody who can help you tap into your vulnerability or work to tap into your own vulnerability, it changes everything. So it's a total game changer. Um, Other things that I believe are superpowers or (laughs) can really help you uh, expand your business and the way that you're leading. uh, The second thing is connection. So Connecting with your people, and you kind of started with that as well, but connection has always been kind of like the crux or the core of how I have led. And so when I talked about um, my experience in hospitality and just having that opportunity to help people find their gifts, it was incredible, the connections that I made. So much so that, uh, you know, later in my life, um, I'll share a little story around this, how about, because it'll make more sense, give you more context, but later in in my life, in my career. So um, in 2018, so I ran those restaurants with my husband for 14 years. And so he was kind of like, you call him the director of operations. And I was in leadership and development. And um, in 2018, he got sick. And so to make a long story short, he wasn't able to return to work. 
And I truly believe based on the connections that him and I made in that time with those team members, um, it changed it changed everything in regards to uh, him not being able to return, the way we had to change the way we ran the company, uh, the way they took care of him in his time of need. Like we had people showing up at our doorstep trying to feed us and take care of us that, that are our team members that we're paying that should be, you know what I mean? We're thinking we should be doing this for them. And they were doing that for us. And so this connection is so incredibly important. I think it's really part of humanity and it's part of the experience. And again, it's just bringing it back together. And so that would be the third thing I would say would be to try not to silo your work and your life. Now, people talk a lot about work-life balance. I like to say integration. I often think of, have you ever done a wheel of life exercise or an experience? I have one I've created called an experience of life where I take the pieces like, gratitude, joy, right? And then I say, okay, how is your experience of life? But anyway, this wheel, this idea is that it's all interconnected, right? When you look at this, each piece of this pie, they touch each other. And so we have to remember that about our careers and about our lives. The moment we try to silo things, we put ourselves in containers that can be really hard if things get challenging. So being okay with if things are challenging, again, back to when my husband got ill, that was a hard time for me. I had a complete breakdown. <laughs> like there was no hiding how challenging my life was at home, how challenging his life was at home. And then not, not bringing that into the organization or talking about that or sharing that in some way. Now, of course, there are appropriate ways to do that. But at the end of the day, if we try to pretend or hold on to everything, we're not being authentic. And I guess the last thing I might just say is to be genuine, to be you, to figure out who you are and what you value as a leader. If you are unclear of that, do the work to figure it out <laughs> because the moment you know what those values are. And so we have values as, as a human being, uh, which if you haven't done this work, I strongly recommend as well. But then we also have values as a leader, which may not, which may be slightly different sometimes, right? So I always recommend looking at it from both angles. And then understanding that those are your light standards on the road. And when times get dark or they get hard or you're challenged by somebody or you're challenged by a situation, look to those light standards and say, okay, these things can guide me to show up authentically in a way that I'm going to feel good about. Are we going to love every situation? Nope. <laughs> but we can be uh, comfortable with and proud of the way we show up in each situation. And so, I could probably ramble on for a while, but I'll stop there. I think that was about four or five. So that's lots for people to think about, I think. Well, yes, I'm going to add that as a fifth. How we show up, I think, is yeah. is worth a point on its own. So demonstrating vulnerability, forging those connections that count as the crux of everything here, as you showed and, uh, and as demonstrated by that very poignant story you shared with us as well. And thanks for that, Ali. Uh, don't silo your work in life, integrate those things, because that will help out figure out the you. What are your values? What are your aims? And potentially, you know, what's the legacy that you want to leave, uh, whether it's, you know, kind of work life, uh, all of those things. And that does determine then how you show up. So if so, here's the $64,000 question for you then, Ali. So if we do all of that, what are the benefits of getting it right? And if you have any examples, please let us know, but you don't need to name names, of course. 
Yeah. Um, well, the benefits are, are massive. So um, there is one client I'm working with right now when I started working with them, I'm going to not gender retail environment, um, not a very successful business. Um, but by making these connections, by getting clear on their values, by hiring people who are aligned with those values, they are now seeing massive success in their business revenue generation that whole new set of problems. <laughs> right? It's like, oh my gosh, how do I handle this? I'm like, this isn't a bad problem. We'll figure it out. <laughs> this is a good thing. This means that you're aligned too. I really do think that the world or the universe or whatever you want to call it, you know, God, whatever you believe brings this to us when we're aligned, when we're not aligned, when we're grinding and we're like holding on every day, we're not going to get the things that are for us. And so those are really big indicators that that it's coming through. As you like ask that question, one thing was popping up in my head. It was like, how do you know? How do you know? Well, I don't like, I can't catapult you to the stage in your life, but I often say this to leaders, like when you are 95 years old and you're going to make it to 95, I'm telling you this now, <laughs> but when you're 95 years old and you're sitting on the rocking chair of your life and you're on the porch with the blanket and your cup of tea and your little dog or cat or whatever, and you're reflecting on what you did, how do you want to feel, right? What do you want to remember? What are the experiences that you want to have? Because right now, right now you're creating that and you have the opportunity to choose what that looks like for you. And so I think when we can kind of like project ourselves there and work back it's a really powerful experience for us as well. It is. And it also strikes me that if you get that right from an organizational point of view is that you're fundamentally impacting culture and your culture, but actively culture building as well, which is, which is great. So with the shoe on the other foot, then for those leaders who are unwilling to embrace this change the way that they are, whatever, what are the downsides? Well, uh, I do think that that 95-year-old reflection might be different. You know, you might look back and say, oh, I wish I would have. Because at the end of it all, are you going to, you know, look back and, and say, I wish I would have treated that person more poorly, or I wish I would have been more cutthroat in those layoffs, or I wish I would. I doubt it, right? Those aren't the things you're going to remember. And so I think that reflection is an important thing for anybody, no matter where you're at leading. Um, some of the downfalls that I see are high turnover, uh, disconnected team members, people not connected to the vision, even leaders who don't know their vision. Um, and it's just, again, it just, I, I, I'm so visual, but I'm like, it's like climbing up a mountain. It's like grinding every day. And if you feel like you're showing up to work and you're grinding every day, something is not aligned. And so I just really encourage you, if you're listening to this today and you're like, maybe this is me. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. And we every day is a new opportunity to start again. But find try to find that alignment. Start taking those steps. Think about some of the things we talked about today. Think about if there are ways you can align your values to your mission, your purpose, to make connections with your team, to maybe show up more vulnerably. Are you hiding things from your team, right? Like ask yourself these questions. Do the personal work and see the shift because the shift is very real. And it translates into it translates into revenue every time. Yeah. So it's really, it's very, very amazing to be a part of. Well, it is, isn't it? And you've raised some 
very enlightening questions. And I'm sure many of those people who are tuning in would want to find out more about what you do and keep the conversation going. So where do they look and how do they get in touch, Ali? So I think the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. You can find me, Ali Stone, or my website, theinspiredleader.com. And you can just send me a message on there. And even if you have a question, like I'm super happy to help you process that and just maybe think a little differently about how you're showing up. Ali Stone, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy, for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Rethink Leadership podcast with me, Jeremy Blaine. Please like, comment and support us on your favorite platform and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch as well as listen to each episode.